Are you ready to realize the true potential in your life and help others do the same? Get equipped to create a thriving future with the Secrets of Success podcast. Inspire others to live, lead, and work on purpose. And experience the joy of watching satisfaction and productivity come to life. And now, here's your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. You know, when we talk about success in life, <laughs> by bias, after being in this industry for 30 years, in addition to self-awareness, which was one of my previous podcasts, is that knowledge of your personal style. What is it? What is personal styles? Other people call it personality, and I'll de- define that here in a minute. But what is personal style? And so when we think about CRG and the founding of it by Dr. Terry Anderson in 1979, so you know we're, we're nearing 40 years. And the reason that our company was created is that we really were not happy with other style tools in the marketplace like Myers-Briggs or DISC. We have a white paper on it and why we wouldn't use those tools. But it's a very, very important concept. There's many people out there. I know one individual, a friend of mine who has a doctorate degree, and he says, you know what, I don't believe in any of that personality, and then he uses sort of uh, an expletive uh, description of it. And here's the reality. When people complete the CRG personal style indicator, 85% of the people agree with 85% of the comments, and other people concur with it when they get 360 feedback. And so people say, well, how are you able to do it? It's because personal style has predictive qualities. And it's important for each of us to know what some of those qualities are. So in our model, we use the word personality as the totality of who you are. So somebody asked the question, are you nature or are you nurture? And there's two camps that are on this. They said, well, no, you're born that way. And other people said, no, it's environmental factors. And here's the reality. We're actually both. So there's a part of us which we call personal style here at CRG, which is consistent and foundational for us throughout our lifetime. And here's why. If there wasn't a part of us that was consistent, do you know that we'd all be neurotic or chaotic? And you'd be like me, and I'd be like you, and then you'd be like somebody else tomorrow? Personal style, style helps us to be able to count on us being us, for us to show up in this consistent manner with these consistent preferences because if we didn't have that and all of a sudden one morning you want to be accountant the next morning it's a firefighter the next day you want to be a pilot what chaos that would be rather than having this consistency that is there for us in our life so that we can have some direction so that we can have some foundation And then personality in our model means the totality, the nurture side, the education side, the maturity side, the skill side, where we have all these sort of environmental factors, which I've covered in different shows, where, you know, we have our parents of influence, our culture. So if I'm growing up in China versus maybe growing up in Australia versus the UK versus the United States or Canada or Mexico or South America or wherever it is in the world, is that, or India, is that I want to have different perspectives because of that. But regardless of that, it doesn't matter where I'm living uh, and who I am, is that every single person on the planet has personal style. And here's our definition of it. It's your natural predisposition, meaning I'm born this way. 
to perceive, approach, and interact with the environment, the environment which includes time, people, tasks, and situations. And so all of us have an orientation, a preference is what we use here at CRG towards how we want to interact. Now I did uh, myself and, a, and another colleague, we had the sole source contract with Chrysler for almost a decade to do all their uh, leadership and soft skills training throughout the entire country. And so in that, we, I had one individual who was a technician, a service technician, who had been promoted into a service manager position. And he said, you know what? If it wasn't for people, my job would be perfect. So what is he saying to me? He's saying, you know what? My natural orientation is not towards people. It's towards tasks. And as a result of that, I really don't like the people side, but he was thinking that it was a promotion. He was a thinking that this would be better for him. But really, no, he liked working on cars, on doing the tech side, and as we would say, pulling a wrench, rather than really interacting with the individuals. So we need to be conscious and aware of that. Now, the other one is, is do you have a sister, a brother, siblings uh, in your family? And if you do, are they exactly like you? And if, they have this, if you have the same parents and if you grew up in the same environment, then what's the explanation for the differences? And we believe and we know through the research that it's biological. You are hardwired for a different perspective. Not right, not wrong. A lot of times what happens is that personal style or some other assessments out there, they have a judgment attached to what your preferences are. And we actually said, well, all preferences have related strengths, but they also have related challenges, not one that is better than another. The other thing is, is that most of us, if not all of us, are some type of blend of the different, what we call dimensions. So I'm going to talk about the four dimensions that we have in our model, which are slightly different than other uh, individuals or other uh, uh, programs out there. And then from there, just really talk to you about what does it mean as far as the blend. So personal style, every single person on the planet has it. And it should be a foundational, foundational piece to your self-awareness. It, it is not something that you can omit and actually realize your potential in life. It's just it's foundational. All the research has proved that, except for maybe 1% or 2% of you. So who needs those odds? I mean, it's better just to win the lottery, possibly. In our model, and ours is multi-theoried based, so it's not based on any single uh, research, Marston, which is the DIST tools, or uh, Carl Jung's work, which is really the derivative towards Myers-Briggs or MBTI, or uh, uh, Merrill Reed's work, which is really around social styles, or even in some cases the four humors, is that we believe that it's a multi-theoried base that serves the people best, and that there's some... It's, some of the other models out there are problematic. So all of us have what we call four dimensions, just a different intensity. So what are some of those dimensions? So let's just go through uh, the four dimensions in their purest sense. So the uh, first one is behavioral action. So even our naming convention about what is personal style is the behavioral action individual, you know, and on some other models it's called the driver. So these individuals are task-oriented, they are nonverbal, and they're extroverted. Extroverted in our model has nothing to do with people. I think that 
introversion and extroversion, sort of the popular stereotype, is completely incorrect. It doesn't really represent individuals correctly because behavioral action individuals are goal-oriented. They, when they show up in the room, they have a lot of presence. They have a lot of energy. They want to make decisions now. They, uh, they can become impatient. And so some of you have that. I have some of that in, in my uh, makeup here. Uh, they like to work hard. They like to have, they have an intensity that's around them. And a lot of times they're misunderstood. And that intensity is not necessarily preferred by individuals who are not like them. But that doesn't mean that it's right or wrong. It's just it's different for them. The other one is, is that you know, if they come under pressure, they double their efforts. They really want to be in charge. So behavioral action individuals, they seek authority. They don't really remove themselves from leadership. They kind of gravitate towards uh, leadership. Now, sometimes they're hard to read because they don't wear their emotions sort of uh, on their chest or, or openly. It doesn't mean they don't have emotions. It just means that they are not forthcoming, kind of share where that, where that is. And so when we think about some of the strengths for them, you know, they do act quickly to get results. They are productive. They are very, very strategic. Uh, they have a lot of physical capacity and drive. So a lot of times, if you have a lot of behavioral action in your profile, in your pattern, is that, you, that we can, or behavioral action individuals, can ju judge other people by their amount of productivity. And behavioral action individuals, generally speaking, have more physical capacity just because they're more extroverted. And then the other one is, you know, they boldly assume authority. If they are given the responsibility without the authority, then these individuals will very quickly uh, get out of that or quit or be disenfranchised. The other thing is, is, is that if you have a lot of sort of this intensity side, is that forcefulness and impatience can intimidate others and it can shut them down. Uh, sometimes you won't have the patience to listen to other people's ideas. We can be insensitive to other people's feelings. What do you mean it is feelings? We just got to get this thing done. Uh, and it says manipulative or coercive. In, and what we mean by that is you're so driven to get things done is that your impatience around other people's ideas is that you will kind of work it out so you get what you want. Now, it says in our profile as well is that sometimes they become lonely and fatigue. And here's why, is because they can get so frustrated with people who don't have competence that rather than delegate, they do it themselves. And so the challenge for this uh, group is to be able to kind of let others people lead and also not to stress them out. These people are individuals who couldn't work their whole life, come home and their house is empty. And so what happened there? I did all of this for you, but you didn't necessarily build relationships and we become workaholics. So that's behavioral action, or what we say in the C or G model B. The next dimension is cognitive analysis. So uh, you know, when we think about these people are analytical, they're detailed-oriented, they have the gift, what we say, the gift to see what's not there. Now, what really messes with individuals is even though these in individuals are introverted, they're very verbal. So how is that possible? Because they are looking for data, for information, uh, the quest for research. So research and data. So when we say verbal, it's both in the spoken and the written word. So they could have a 10-page 
summary report of their research and all the IT stuff we need for the business when really you just want one page instead of 10. So they have the gift to see what's not there. So if there's 100 words in an essay, 99 spelt right and one spelt wrong, they will focus on what? The one that's wrong, not the 99 that, that are right. Now part of this is that uh, they can be, they're very good uh, critical thinkers, and they see the gaps. But the problem is, is if, I am, if I'm in relationships, and all I focus on are my gaps, meaning what you don't do, very, very soon that's going to be demoralize individuals around that person. So the challenge for the cognitive analysis individual, even though they, they have the gift to see what's not there, if they bring that same mindset, to their relationships, then all I'm going to point out is your gap. So if I'm a parent, I'm just going to point out as you as a teenager what you're not doing rather than what you are doing. If you are a significant other, I'm going to point out what you're not doing. You didn't clean up. You didn't do that. So they could be uh, seen as nagging and critical and just really, really draining toxic people. So I challenge is that you know make sure that you don't get into that rut. You have a gift to see what's not there, but at the same time, can't make sure that it doesn't get in the way of relationships. The other things that drives them is you want to see quality. Uh, you really can analyze data. Uh, now, the other thing is, is that generally speaking, they want to have a few friends deep versus a lot of friends shallow. So they weren't necessarily going to be sharing all their feelings. They're mostly task-oriented. Now, on another side is because they want to be right, because quality is so important and quality is linked to the respect they get in the marketplace, some of the challenge with them is, is that they won't necessarily make decisions very quickly, or they won't make any at all. They will decide not to decide because they don't want to be in a position where they make the wrong decision. So the challenge there is that when do you have enough information? When have you brought enough building material to the site to be able to build the house? Get on with it now already. So that's a challenge where you can uh, over you can work on, meaning getting bogged down in the details, the paralysis of analysis. The other one is, you know, when you, it's interesting, even though they're task oriented and they can be critical towards others, they actually are overly sensitive to any negative feedback that they get because they get the qual, the, their esteem is attached to the quality of the work that they do. And if we criticize them in any way, then that is going to affect them internally. So they can give it, but not necessarily take it. Uh, they are very good at setting out standards, procedures, processes, and uh, doing auditing, and it depends on the intensity that you have in your profile. So that's cognitive analysis. The next dimension is interpersonal harmony. So these individuals are gifted, in, they're the most people-oriented out of the four dimensions that we talk about. Uh, they tend to be quiet, meaning they're, they are wired to serve others. They're wired to support others. They're wired they will help others. These are the individuals who can be in palliative care and care for those individuals in day in and day out and be happy doing so. And others who say, I have no idea. They want to keep the peace. Harmony is part of the word, and so they really want to avoid conflict. And conflict can be very disruptive for them biophysically, mentally, emotionally. And so if, if you have a lot of interpersonal harmony, in your profile and you're in a relationship or a role or a job where there's lots of conflict, then we know that biophysically it's affecting you. 
it does erode sort of the nervous system there because one of their gifts is to be very, very sensitive about the emotional state of others. Out of all the four dimensions, they're the most sensitive. But that means that their radar dish, they are introverted, they are people-oriented, and they're nonverbal. So they are quietly and in a loyal fashion serving others, and they won't necessarily speak up when there's problems. So the challenge for those of you who have interpersonal harmony in your profile is the ability to be assertive, the ability to say no when um, you say yes, and you say yes out of an obligation. And what happens is that they become the victims. So interpersonal harmony individuals is you need to stand up for your space. If you said yes, and you wanted to say no, then that's your responsibility. That's nobody else's. And so take responsibility for yourself. Have some assertiveness and say no. Then don't play the victim. And the other side is, is these are very nice individuals. But if you let uh, a negative situation build up, they become very bitter, and then they invent the word sabotage. So they'll sabotage things because they quietly are passive-aggressive. Now, they are easygoing. They're, you're flexible. You, are, you have a servant heart. And it's amazing, and you're gifted in that way. Uh, at the same time, take responsibility for your space as far as how, how you show up and making sure that you take care of yourself. Because if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of others. You know, finally, when we think about the fourth um, dimension, it's affective expressive. You know, the individual who is people-oriented, but in a different way. You know, the interpersonal harmony is people-oriented in the service of others. The affective expressive is people-oriented in the service of their own agenda, their own sort of promotion. So they're the, you know, a lot of times they're called the extrovert in other models, and they are extroverted, but they are an individual where they are outgoing, they're usually uh, verbal, they have a lot of energy, smiling, creative. Sometimes these individuals can be undisciplined where... They overpromise and underdeliver because they are eternally optimistic. They get themselves in trouble because they, they say yes. They actually truly believe honestly and in integrity that they can do this for you by 4 o'clock on Friday, but they overpromise and underdeliver because they like to be liked and they think that they can get it done, but they are usually overly optimistic. So part of the discipline for this group is to make sure that they don't overpromise and underdeliver because they erode their credibility there. They have a lot of creative ideas. They have a lot of energy. They bring a lot of positive sort of vibes to a group, generally speaking, as long as you don't talk and dominate the entire group. So one of the things for affective expressive, especially if the score is higher, is to ensure that they uh, let others have space because they can kind of dominate a group. So they're creative, intuitive, uh, resilient. They're amazing networkers and contact uh, individuals. But one of the other things for affective expressive people is that really don't have a consciousness of time. How long it's going to take to do something, or let's say they have a 3 o'clock appointment with you. 3 o'clock could mean 3.05, 3.10, 3.15, 3 where on the other side, as a cognitive analysis person, 3 o'clock means 3 o'clock. So they can erode their credibility pretty quickly when they aren't disciplined around keeping sort of structure. So they don't like routine, which is fine, but they need to bring structure into their life so that they can make sure that they complete the task they start. They can be excellent at procrastination and starting everything and finish nothing. So that side of it is, is when you can bring those 
words, and I know they don't like it, discipline words, into it, then that can be a very, very powerful thing for them. So when we think about the CRG model and when we think about personal style for everybody listening here, all of us have all four just at different intensities. And the higher the number, the more that you're going to have one of these dimensions showing up as a preference for you. And so if you get the book, Why Aren't You More Like Me? I go in detail into each one of these and then complete the online personal style indicator that comes with it as part of that process. So just be aware of that, that it's now the combination of these four dimensions that create your pattern. The idea that I can have an animal describe me or some kind of singular color is really quite ridiculous. It's the blend. So if I'm behavioral action and interpersonal harmony is my two highest scores, that's a completely different person who is behavioral action than an affective expressive or behavioral action in cognitive analysis. So depending, it doesn't matter what the highest score is solely, it is the combination of all four of them and the intensity of all four that then creates your pattern. To be able to take the complexity and call and say you're a dog or a cat or an owl or a turtle or what, it's just, it, quite frankly, it's ridiculous because we have so much going on. We have way more sophisticated sort of situation as well as the intensity. So one of the things we do in our bar graph, and if you ever go online to complete the personal style indicator, or if you buy the book Warch More Like Me, you get the online tool included as part of that, is you will find out that we rank or rate, or you do because we use raw scores in the grid about, okay, your score means that this dimension has a low influence on you. So it's not, it's not going to be, you know, you, you don't really think that way. You're not in that space. Then we could say that it's moderate. So uh, from time to time, you can think in that, uh, that dimension. You use that dimension to make some decisions. Then we have another range where, you're, where it has a, a strong rating. So we know on a day-to-day -day basis, more than likely you're going to use that dimension to make some decisions and do life, as we say. And then finally, if we get into the very strong category, then we can know almost with certainty that you're going to use that dimension to live your life out pretty near every day. You're going to use it to filter things, to decide things, to engage things, and to be awake and aware about how you want to do life. Now, the, the benefit of this, from a self-awareness point of view, what would it mean if I could have a job, a role, or a career that matches my personal style? A lot of times people are disengaged at work, and we know the stats, you know, 90% are, is that they're disengaged at work because the nature of the work, meaning the style demands of the work, the personal style demands of the work do not match who I am. So that's why we have a job style compatibility is a lot of times we beat ourselves up we are not honoring to ourselves, and we say, well, I, you know, maybe if I would just try harder, and your natural preference is not lined up. The other thing that happens is a lot of times is our environment, our background, our parents, our society, our culture has some expectations of us that are not reflective of who we are. Now, it doesn't give us an excuse for our behavior because every single style has challenges 
or if we would say weaknesses. And so we want to be conscious and awake of the, aware of those. So just because I have behavioral action doesn't mean that I can be rude towards other people. Just because I'm affective expressive doesn't mean that I can always be late and not keep my promises. But because I'm interpersonal harmony doesn't mean that I have an excuse for not speaking up and becoming bitter. Because I'm cognitive analysis doesn't mean I always can be critical or just look at the gaps. I can still have positive comments. So all of these blend together to create sort of your natural predisposition. So again, what would it mean if you could have a job, not just interests, gifts, and talents, which are separate measures, but what if the style nature of your position matches you and you can be fully engaged? So we feel guilty. Again, with society, when we think about expectations, my dad would say to me, and I, more than likely he won't listen to this podcast, but that's fine. I still love him and we get along great. Is he, you know, he says, Dad, can you talk too much? Well, interesting enough is that I get paid now to communicate. I get paid to write. I get paid to do these podcasts as far as just the communication or as a speaker or as a trainer traveling on the world or doing our certification is that my gift is communication. Yet around my family, who I am was not honored. So a lot of you, or some of us at least, have had backgrounds where your needs were not honored. Your style was not honored. My wife, again, working at a university and doing you know, academic coaching, she had a student in her office who was in tears. And she was in t tears because her parents expected her to take over a, a manufacturing plant and work in the research department, and it required sciences. And she hated sciences. But her parents said, no, 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 you are going to take over the research department. I said, what did she really want to do? She wanted to work in the arts, and she wanted to be creative, and she wanted to go into theater. Now, how far apart is that? So when we think about style, this is um, unavoidable. Every single person on the planet has a personal style. Every single person on the planet should know what their personal style patterns and scores are, not just sort of... Um, one singular item like you're a dog or a cat or something silly like that. And here's in the CRG mix, and this is true of our model and why our model is uh, superior to many of the other ones that are out there, is that we, will, we have what we call a single high, which is less than 10%, which meaning only one of those dimensions I've described you, uh, would be uh, your pattern or your highest score. The other... Uh, uh, percentage is that 60% of the individuals have two, uh, what we call a two high pattern, we're two above 40, two below 40. And then we have another 25%, which are triple high. Do you know that the primary other suppliers, the most popular in the marketplace, don't even consider a triple high pattern as uh, real, meaning they don't even have that listed? We have 21 patterns, they have uh, 16. And so what does it mean when I have three of these dimensions influencing me equally in what I want to do? Well, it's great. It's not right or wrong, it just is. And so that, as an individual, you have a lot of diversity that you bring to the table. And then finally, one of the areas that, that nobody else that I know about really kind of identifies 
is what does it mean with all four of them being equal? We call it the synergistic profile. There's one other profile out there who actually says, you know what, if you have a tight pattern, meaning where all the scores are equal, then you have obviously filled it out incorrectly and you need to go and do it over again. What a ridiculous concept. What about discrimination? This is discriminating against those of us that have what we call a synergistic or a tight profile. So in our model, 30%, uh, at least, if not more, it's closer to 50% when we do a secondary pattern, have uh, a triple high or four even uh, in-depth, where you have two or three or four of these dimensions influencing as far as you, your decisions. And then in our in-depths, what we do is we say, what does the merge of those three, what does it mean in terms of the strengths, the challenges, reactions to stress, team, leadership? And then what could you do to increase your effectiveness to you know, that in the gaps that this pattern might have with and for you? So I just want to encourage that uh, you, you know, as we kind of wrap up uh, today's podcast, personal style is important to everybody. Be aware of it. Be a student of it. It will transform your life knowing about it. Don't go and make it cute. Say, okay, I'm a dog or a cat or whatever. That is not applicable. How can I take this and transfer it to my career, to all my personal relationships, to our professional relationships? How can I use it in leadership? How can I use it in everything in my life? It's like oxygen. And my bias is, is that it's almost as important as oxygen because it now then will drive your behavior and your choices. And what a freeing opportunity. You know, even for our kids, and I call young adults now, Tim and Steph, when they were, you know, 8, 9, 10, we were already coaching them as far as their different styles and what we knew what their strengths were. We also knew what some of the challenges are. They were awake and aware of what their preferences were, and they've used it through their entire life. And so it doesn't mean that we're perfect. It doesn't mean that we don't have challenges. But I have a language for it. I have an understanding of it. I can be intentional in all part of my life as part of it. So I encourage, if you've never completed the personal style indicator or you haven't got the book, Why Aren't You More Like Me? It's interesting. The book, Why Aren't You More Like Me? I still go back to it to reference the style shifting guidelines, meaning understanding what others need, what are some uh, rub points as far as uh, working with other individuals. Is I still go back to it because it's just so rich with information that's been collected over the years with Dr. Anderson, Everett Robinson, and myself over nearly 40 years, and I use it as a reference book. I use it as a way to be able to kind of stay in touch with what do other people need, how can I adjust, how can I be intentional with my behaviors to actually make it a better relationship and, and, and enjoy life more. Again, not from a self-centered point of view. The other thing that I have found, and I know that we have done a fair amount of work with youth groups and with young adults and with uh, you know, the Boys and Girls Clubs and all these kinds of things, is that a lot of times people have, and especially you know, children, so you can, you can use this with kids as young as 15, they have not been honored for who they are. And I was saying this earlier, but I just want to emphasize this as we... Uh, come close to a close today, is that, you know what? You uh, were perfectly created. You have the perfect 
style for your assignment, for your purpose, for your role here in this life. And so I don't, it's not that I use my style as an excuse for my behavior because you still need to take accountability. But at the same time, this is from a self-honoring point of view rather than maybe being self-critical or saying, you know, if I was just like Ken or if I was just like uh, Tim or if I was just like Susie or just like whoever, is that rather than looking at others on who I need to be, who, why wouldn't we actually just say, who's the best I can be given the style that I have, given the interests and talents that I have. So the personal style indicator, by the way, doesn't measure any of those other items like interests, gifts, and talents. That's where you would get the quest book and go through the questions that are there. Personal style is your natural predisposition to perceive, approach, and interact with the environment, which includes time, people, tasks, and situations. Some of you are people-oriented. Some of you are task-oriented. Some of you are blended and balanced. Some of you really don't care about time. Some of you don't. Some of you are verbal. Some of you are not. Some of you are extroverted. Some of you are introverted. Some of you are actually balanced. And so the personal style indicator takes that into account, and the Why Aren't You More Like Me book covers that. You know, embrace your uniqueness. Develop yourself as far as the areas you need to work on and be intentional in all of life with your personal style and how it's going to affect you. And the same thing as you interact with others that you influence all around you is that try to have people play to their strengths. You know, developing your weaknesses is highly overrated. We want to be able to play to the style that I have so that I can have my highest level of contribution. You know, each week we try to bring you the best information that we can at that time. So if you're enjoying these shows, if you're getting information that's helping you to move forward, then I just encourage that you would share it, that you would pass it on. You would let others know about the Secrets of Success podcast. You know, today has been around personal style. Again, go online, warrantmorelikeme.com, crgleader.com, or get an online personal style indicator. Get that information right away. Learn about yourself. Pass it on to others. It will transform your life. I know that it did when I got around it way back in 1990, so that's a few years ago now. I thank you for listening to Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Thanks for exploring the secrets of success with us. If you want to keep the momentum going, log on to crgleader.com, scroll to the bottom, and sign up for our inspirational emails. You can also take your success to the next level by following us on Facebook and Twitter and connecting with Ken on LinkedIn. We hope you have a great week and look forward to you joining us next time for the Secrets of Success podcast with Dr. Ken Keyes.